0: Good afternoon, one and all, and welcome to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour, a conversation about men at home, at work, and at play, with your host, Doug Gertner, the Grateful Dad. Every week, Doug is joined by fascinating guests who tell their own authentic stories and explore all that it means to be a man. And now, here's your host, Doug Gertner, the Grateful Dad. Thank you, Cameron, and thank you, moms and dads, boys and girls, for tuning in this week to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour, our conversation coming to you from uh, the best new place I've been in a while, MileHighRadio.com. I'm Doug Gertner the Grateful Dad. I'm so glad you've joined me. I'm just settling in. Uh, Haas has the board running as he always does, even when I'm running late after a nice guest with my guest to with a nice lunch with my guest today, Mike Thompson. You'll be meeting him shortly. Um, I just want to ask a favor of you, if I can, right at the outset, since we're just getting started, let someone know that we're on the air. Um, you're listening now on your computer. And so it's as simple as maybe sending out an email, maybe a big broadcast email that says, The Grateful Dad Radio Hour is on the air on milehighradio.com. The topic today, Black Man Rising, um in, in honor of the 50th anniversary of the March on Washington. We're going to be talking about African-American men in the community today and the gains that might have uh, been established and achieved Over these 50 years in service and maybe, maybe a dream coming true, if you will, thinking about the historic I have a dream speech that Dr. King delivered at that March 50 years ago. Let people know it's going to be an interesting show. Mike Thompson is in the studio with me. Maybe you'll send them a text. You know, you can send them a text and say, Hey, listen. In fact, if they want to listen live, um, on their uh, smartphone. The TuneIn Radio app is uh, free, and I've been using it for years, and I'm delighted that uh, it's very easy to tune in MileHighRadio.com using the TuneIn Radio app. So uh, feel free to suggest that folks do that, or uh, just use your phone and call them and say MileHighRadio.com is the place to point your browser for today's Grateful Dad Radio Hour. I want to Thank uh, not just Haas, who compiled these stats, but, uh, you know, you listeners who made these possible. Um, last week, I had a fascinating conversation with Rabbi Brant Rosen uh, about the situation in the Middle East and how he's one of the few uh, rabbis anywhere in the world who has spoken out actively against Israeli policies, against the Palestinian people. That show um, was... Uh, One of the top five listened to shows last week live on Castle Rock Radio. And I'm pleased and. uh,
1: Excuse me. Oh, how much do I owe you, man? (laughs) Five dollars. All right. We call it. We put it in the crock pot.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. I just rewound it. No, you didn't. I am so delighted to uh be here on milehighradio.com where my show was one of the top 5 but I think I just lost my ranking after my faux pas. So um thanks to all who have been listening please let others know to listen um if you want to communicate with me um Maybe Twitter is the way to do it. You can use my Twitter handle, at Doug Gertner. If you want to keep up with me, uh, my blog is uh, at thegratefuldad.org. You can like me on Facebook at The Grateful Dads, The Grateful Dads on Facebook. Or if you put into Facebook, Doug Gertner, you'll probably find my regular page, and you can look at my pictures and be my friend there. As I mentioned, great conversation here on Mile High Radio last week with Rabbi Brant Rosen and the week before with Dr. Sam Sappington talking about PTSD, both of those partly due to the magic of Mile High Radio. Both of those are available on my show page. You can listen to them uh, again if you were there, or if you haven't gotten to, you can keep up on the archives on demand on my show page at milehighradio.com. As I mentioned, Mike Thompson's in the studio from the Father Show Resource Program, and uh, we've titled this show Black Man Rising in part because the way I thought about this was um, after the death of... Um, the, the corrections chief in, in Colorado after the assassination of, of the head of the Department of Corrections by a white supremacy group. I thought we need to talk about white men and white supremacy and this whole, you know, world that I don't know anything about except that I, I read a book by a friend and colleague of mine named Dr. Abby Ferber. Her book is called White Men Falling, and it's about the confluence of privilege and race and and gender. And so I had thought about having her on first and then having uh, Mike on for this follow-up talk topic. So white man falling, black man rising. As it happened, changing stations, different uh, occurrences, we're going to talk to Mike first. And when we come back after a couple of week hiatus for the Labor Day holiday and then the Jewish holidays, um, September 16th, Professor Abby Ferber joins me to share her expertise on white supremacists. The following week, I'm excited on September 23rd to welcome in bobblehead dad Jim Higley and his vanilla moments, sharing his amazing story of recovery and cancer and... And just the stories of how the little things in life are particularly special and wonderful. We'll also be getting to my moment of gratitude momentarily and the Full Circle Fatherhood report. And again, I just want to thank our sponsors, EMU Consulting, the Men's Anthology, and NOMAS, the national organization for men against sexism. We'll be talking more about all of those later, but as I do each week at this time, I want to reflect on what I'm grateful for. I call it my moment of gratitude, and it's really because every day I try to use my gratitude journal and note those things for which I'm grateful, which just continues to remind me I have so much to be grateful for. And so today, after an amazing weekend, I want to pause and offer my moment of gratitude for days like last Saturday. I'm grateful that for the third annual USA Pro Cycling Challenge that wound its way around Colorado over the past week, we actually planned ahead, and rather than just waiting until the final day when the race came to Denver, we got away and saw one of the other stages up in the Colorado high country. So I'm grateful to have made a getaway on Friday evening with Maggie and Jordy right after Jordy finished his cross country team practice. And we spent a night at the River Forks Inn up in the Big Thompson Canyon. It's an old stage shop, stage stop. Say that five times fast. An old stage stop from 1905. And I'm grateful to wake up and have a leisurely start that Saturday. We let Jordy sleep in and Maggie and I went down to breakfast and we sat among several other cycling fans. And over coffee and coffee and coffee and some of the best biscuits and gravy I've ever had, we recounted our bike race memories and anticipated the stage that day. And I'm also grateful that the lodge had Wi-Fi. Especially because there was no cell service there and that way we could use the USA Pro Challenge app to track the race before it got us up to us near the high point of the course that day. My gratitude extends on to how wonderfully the rest of the day unfolded, watching the riders go go by in both directions from the strategic location of our perch, then packing up and rolling down the canyon with thanks to the innkeeper who let us check out late and the cafe owner who fed us lunch and suggested the best back way into Fort Collins, and then to how we parked the car and hopped on our bikes and rode around Fort Fun, which is one of the best cycling cities in the country, to enjoy the festivities of this penultimate stage of the race. And finally, with gratitude, I acknowledge the cherry on top of that wonderful day when after we got our favorite ice cream at Walrus, in case anybody's venturing to Fort Collins and wants to know where the best ice cream is. After getting our ice cream, our son said, this has been a great day, watching the race, riding bikes, having dinner and dessert here. You know, a truly grateful son makes for a truly grateful dad. And I realize that we try to have as many days like this as possible. So for many reasons, including the gratitude it engenders and, elicit, and elicits from a teenage companion, that's my moment of gratitude for this week, for last Saturday. And once again, I'm grateful to everyone for listening to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour. I do encourage you to make a habit of being grateful. For a
1: day for a day dream.
2: Dreaming boy, and I'm lost in a daydream.
1: Dreaming about my bundle of joy. And even if I'm
0: John, Sebastian, and the Lovin' Spoonful what a day for a daydream. That was actually, for a while, that was the name of my radio show in college until I got, you know, this was in the late 70s, until I got too much grief from the guys who played punk on the radio that that song and my whole daydream show was just a little too mellow for them. But I'll tell you about somebody who, at least as I know him, is uh, just the right kind of mellow. I want to turn to the aforementioned Haas, who's our uh, owner, host, uh, engineer and guru here, and ask you, as I have each week since you've me on the air here at milehighradio.com what are you grateful for this week sir
1: believe it or not i'm grateful for that last song yeah one of my all-time favorites (laughs) Uh, i I just no i I love it absolutely love it and um thanks for bringing it in because that's going to find its way to our playlist but uh you know i'm thanks to you for making me do this um it's nice to reflect on what I am grateful for. It, it it's easy to reflect on all the all the issues in our lives and whatever, but uh the fact the matter is I'm grateful for motorcycles in Colorado and pine trees and uh O'Malley's down in uh Palmer Lake uh where I can go down there and have a beverage of my choice and just chill. Nice. And you know, it's it, it's great um, and I had a a great great ride yesterday all by myself. And you know it's my time to meditate. It really is.
0: It sounds like a meditation yeah. when you get on the, the the powerful bike. I thought of you watching, you know, the 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 self powered racers because yeah. before those guys ride by, there's at least six state troopers all on there. Big, mean machines, yeah. making sure that the way is paved. Not to mention the whole entourage with the with the uh, race officials and the time guy and the cameramen. And um, it, it was a two-wheel extravaganza, I'll tell you that yeah. much. Well,
1: that, that's always a fun time. We're running out of uh, riding weather. But uh, mm. anyway, I've, I've been blessed this summer. I'm grateful for a couple people. I'm grateful for KC. KC is uh, my new co-host of uh, business brief show tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. And I encourage people to tune in this lady. You've got to meet her and you will meet her. I will. But this lady is the most positive person I have ever met in my life. And it's just, she's, she's a blessing and, um, can't
0: have enough positive people in our lives. That's absolutely. For
1: sure. Well, she's not only going to be a co-host, but she is now, she doesn't even know this. She's been named the new director of opportunity Excellent. right here at mile high radio, because I want her to share her joy. Uh, with countless others. And then I want to uh, also um, share thanks for a very dear friend of mine who also is going to be a new new show host. I'm not sure if he's going to start this week or next, but Mr. Don Marsh, uh, used to be a show host, is coming back, and uh, we're real excited about that. And then next week I'll talk about yet another new show host that's coming back. You know, people leave from time to time, but they always come back. They do. You know, so... I'm grateful much, for all of that.
0: Much to be grateful for, as always. I'm grateful to you. And speaking of of positive people, um, the mic is on, the seat is warm, and I want to welcome. Uh, you'll meet him officially in a minute. My guest, Mike Thompson, and uh, ask you, what are you grateful for today, sir?
2: Boy, <laughs> I tell you, one of the things. Uh, I think it was really what we were talking about at lunch. Yeah. I'm really grateful of my family, as you know. I just got married May tenth.
0: Yes, we say May. Mazel Tov to yeah. that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and really the the idea that we have a blended family, mm-hmm. which is uh, consists of seven kids, yeah, and then some girlfriends and some boyfriends mm-hmm. and. But everybody gets alone.
0: Amen. That's a lot to be grateful for. Right.
2: We know as blended families that doesn't always happen. (laughs) Tell me. Rarely happens. (laughs) And I've been very blessed to have um, such a great blended family where we've all come together and we all – learn to love each other and appreciate each other and work together so i'm very happy and blessed to have that
0: you sure are and much to be grateful for that's mike thompson my guest today you'll be meeting him officially shortly we have a uh, mystery guest in the studio today and uh, i won't put him on mic and put him on the spot but i will put you my listeners on the spot because i'm asking you the same question take a minute Consider what are you grateful for today. Think about it. And if you'd like to record your daily gratitude, go to my website, thegratefuldad.org, slash shop, and get your copy of The Grateful Dad's Journal of Gratitude, and start keeping a gratitude journal today. That's my message, and uh, another message that comes through every week has to do with uh, one of our sponsors is the Men's Anthology. It's a it's a book titled Ordinary Men, Extraordinary Lives, Defining Moments, and uh, I wrote a, a piece in there called uh, Full Circle Fatherhood, How I Lost My Mom and became the Grateful Dad, and that's kind of spawned me to think on a weekly basis, what's happening in my life when I was being a dad and then also caring for my dad in in his last uh, five years of life. And um, so each week I kind of check in, and this week the Full Circle Fatherhood Report I'm calling preparations. Because this is the month of Elul. Elul is this month in the Jewish calendar. In our tradition then, the month of Elul is a time of repentance and preparation for the High Holy Days that occur next week. This month is a time to search one's heart and draw close to the divine in preparation for the coming day of judgment, which is Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, and the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, the holiest day in the Jewish calendar. Yet let me be honest, in this modern world of ours, I typically find little time to fully or even marginally make it a practice to reflect in advance of the days of awe as they fast approach. Rather, in all honesty, it's other preparations that take my time and attention, especially this year. Today... Yes, today, my son started high school, and we've all been making our preparations for that. New school clothes, a new backpack, school supplies, a new schedule, it means we're rising earlier, and a whole new routine, and just as it's getting all going, then he's going to get to take a day off of school for the Jewish New Year. But in all these preparations, I'm going to make a prediction. I predict that our preparation has paid off, and that my son, my wife, and I are all going to make the transition to this new variation on our lifestyle with relative ease. Check back with me in a few months and see if we really were prepared or not. This time of preparation and reflection is also necessarily a time to think about my father. This will be the first holiday season since his death seven months ago. My faith tradition offers a communal memorial service called Yisker, meaning remember, that we'll have as part of a prayer service on Yom Kippur. It's based on the Jewish belief that in the uh, in the eternity of the soul. Although it's not the only time I'll pause to remember my dad since his passing, I anticipate a powerful memory in the company of my community. With the knowledge that this will be taking place, that there's a designated service to honor our lost loved ones, I can make some preparations. At least I'll try to remember to have a handkerchief in my pocket that day. Beyond that, I will be prepared to open my heart and recall those who are no longer with us and anticipate that grief is a part of letting go and beginning the Jewish New Year with a sense of memory and a chance for renewal. Even the best-made plans and preparations can't predict or even prevent what may occur. So I'll do what I might to make ready and then set sights to navigate whatever's ahead. And that's the Full Circle Fatherhood Report for this week. I'll post it soon on my blog at thegratefuldad.org. People, people get ready, say the Chambers Brothers. The, I think that the hit was by the impressions, but uh, I like the Chambers Brothers version. People get ready, as I'm trying to do. Well, this is the Grateful Dad Radio Hour, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today. Uh, we're on milehighradio.com, and I couldn't be happier, and, uh, we'll be talking today with Mike Thompson. Mike Thompson was born in Houston, Texas, and he's lived in Denver, Colorado, since the age of 11. We're not saying his name, so you won't be able to do the math, but <laughs> here's the story. He was raised in a military family. He's lived all over the world, and I have it on good authority that the favorite place he's lived, besides Denver, perhaps, was Okinawa, Japan. Mike's the founder and CEO of the Father's Show Resource Program. He launched it in November of 2004 with the mission of of empowering men to become better fathers and partners. He's also started marching to greatness to motivate and inspire you to do more than you thought you could. He's a dynamic speaker, and Mike Thompson has an amazing ability to build relationships with people from all walks of life. He's the co-author of Build As You Climb, and he was selected the best speaker in the 2011 Toastmasters International Absolutely Articulate Speech Contest. Mike Thompson is also well-known in the greater Denver area for his work as a motivational speaker, mentor, model, singer, and activist. The single father of four has been featured in numerous local publications, highlighting his unselfish outreach to mentor and motivate young men to make better life choices. In 2010, he received the Montbello High School Annual Community of Champions Award for his Choice Program, a K-12 program for boys. He attended college at Grambling State University and at Metro State College, where he studied uh, music, business and accounting. Mike is currently working on his second book project on this, the 50th anniversary of the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom and the iconic I Have a Dream speech. We're honored to have Mike Thompson as our guest to take stock on that dream and explore how it's been moved along by African-American men who mentor young black men. And boys in their community, so welcome, Mike.
2: Hey, how you doing, Doug? <laughs> I, you know,
0: I've never been a, a guest on a show where I get introduced like that, so I don't know what it's like to sit there and hear your bio be, <laughs> you know, rambled on. But, you know, I like to ask my guests to talk a bit about their background. Whatever I said, you know best. You know the truth, and I always like to ask if you would uh, to have you touch on a defining moment or two in your life. So you know, you're a man, you're a father, you're a partner, you're a leader, you're a mentor, you're a speaker, you're an activist. But with the idea of defining moments in life that brought you to this point today, what are some of the highlights, the lows, the highs that define Mike Thompson?
2: Well, you know, I definitely have to say the birth of my two kids, oh, yeah. uh, Savon and Angelia, has really, uh was really one of the highlights of my life. You know, my, as you stated, my dad died when I was uh, eleven years, well, yeah, eleven years old. Oh boy! And my daughter was born when I was thirty-two, and my son was born when I was thirty-eight. Mm. So you waited a while. Good, for I you. did. I did. <laughs> so I did wait. I. <laughs> <laughs> and and thankful that I did. Yeah. I got to have a whole lot of fun prior to oh, that. Oh yeah. But, yeah. It's it's just really those moments having the kids, and now I have two grandkids, oh, and another one coming in. A week or two. Oh, boy. So I'm really grateful for all the Like I stated earlier, all the kids, all the grandkids, the marriage. And those are some of my defining moments. You know, some of the low moments I've been. Uh, this is my third marriage. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> excuse me, getting married and divorce. Um, I've had a, a good one. Mm-hmm. And in the sense that it was applicable and we did it together. <laughs> And I had a real nasty one. And those are definitely still some of my low moments where they have to go through divorce. I never thought I would ever get divorced, hmm. first of all. And
0: does anybody do that, ever go into it though? You know, I, don't I, I have so. a friend sitting about six feet from me and he was talking about this last night, last week. And, and you know, the idea is, we all go in with the best interests in mind, and yet it does become a defining moment because it's something you didn't plan for, and you don't prepare for, and yet you make your way through, and you've got you know something to show for it now.
2: Yeah, yeah, and you do. You really don't plan for it. I had no intentions of ever getting divorced, and but it happened. Yeah. and um, and you do live through it. I've learned a lot through going through those divorces. And they are definitely the reason why I do what I do today.
0: And we want to talk about what you, what you do today. Um, the 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 mentoring of young men and young fathers. Um, you know, I, I heard about a few years ago an award winning uh, program um, for elementary through high school students called the Choice Program. Mm-hmm. And by the time I met you, just a couple of years ago um it you you were well into the father show resource program mm. can, can can you expand you know i mean i'm, I'm we're going to backtrack in a little while and so I'll, I'll give you this warning you know in the back of your mind i want you to do the figuring um of of we should both we should all of us in this room um figure out where we were on August 28th 1963 but but right now you know up to the present and in the last uh, decade or so mm-hmm. is when you've really been Working with men and boys, or at least programs of your own.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What, what brought you to this work? What is, what have been some of the, the mileposts for you? And, and can you describe the work you do or have done, um, mentoring and providing guidance to young men in particular and young dads as well?
2: Yeah, I think the, really the defining moment for that was really the Father Show Resource Program as you read on my website, wasn't my idea. Okay, That really came from God himself. And he really put that on my heart to do, uh, which really surprised me because I had no (laughs) idea or no thoughts of even doing anything like that. But he put such a pressure on me to do this and that's a longer story than we have time for. But ultimately I read an article and it's given resources for single women and God said this is what I want you to do okay and I'm like okay all right, I don't know anything about this but we'll give it a shot so so
0: you were reading about the resources available for women and the message you got was we need something for men
2: well yeah and it was really just a little article that uh-huh. was uh, in this magazine Yeah, and it says you know come here for resources for single women and and God just told me, this is what I want you to do. Yeah. And at that time, I had a lot of friends that were going through divorce. Mm-hmm. And they would call me up and say, you know, Mike, I don't know how to navigate through this. Yeah. And how do I do this? And uh, I just started talking with them and hopefully helping them to navigate through the divorce, what to expect, what you're going to Experience when you go to the courtroom. What you're going to experience, you know, between you and your kids, and living somewhere else, and building a relationship with your kids, and that whole dynamic that you have to go through Mm -hmm. when you get into divorce on a man, you know, point of view. Yeah. So that's how uh, the Father Show resource, and I, I wanted to provide a whole list of resources where men can just go, and not just call me or. And, and just find those resources that they need to help. So, them. so the the
0: the first was kind of a, a, was kind of a, a divine inspiration, if you will, and others came very organically with guys just calling you and and needing your support, and you sort of taking the two from from you know right here, you know, uh, on solid ground to you know wherever the the the, the Divine peace comes from. Mm-hmm. You heard it in your heart. You heard it on the phone when these guys called you. Um, you mentioned the website. It's thefathershowrp.org. So Correct. the Father's Show RP, as in the Father's Show resourceprogram.org is where you can learn more. And that list has been coming together for a number of years now where you can yes. click on it and, and find resources. And so everybody doesn't have to call Mike, although I know you're <laughs> available to a lot of people. Like you said, your family just got bigger this May and, uh, you got a Absolutely. lot of people to have over for dinner tonight. I know. Yes. And, and, um, What are some of the, 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 again, you know, the highlights, the, the, the features? I know that every Father's Day in recent years, you've, you've uh, gotten folks together, you've named a Father of the Year, you've had a celebration of sorts. What are some of the other ways that the Father's Show Resource Program is, is doing the work that you know, you you found yourself in a position to start doing uh, back almost uh, eight, nine years ago now, it sounds like.
2: Yeah, The, the really the biggest thing is, per, is really getting all those resources as much as we can find mm-hmm. on our website. Mm-hmm. And uh, about three years ago, we actually expanded. We started just here in Denver. Right. And about three years ago, we actually expanded to include all 50 states. Nice. So now we're still compiling all those resources that are out there for men. Yeah. So really... The people out there in the radio land, if you have a, a program that is geared to men, and that's therapy, child care, mediation, you know, family law, whatever Anything the case that may be. might
0: benefit men, really, of and any their family. Age. And their families. And their families. And
2: their family. Because, you know, we don't want to just look at single men. We are looking at a family man that's maybe his wife and him need therapy together. Yes. Or maybe the their kids are have experienced something mm-hmm. and they might need therapy. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that we are helping men out there in all aspects and all walks of life. So they can come to a one-stop shop where they can find all those resources that can help oh, them. Books that's
0: great. Uh
2: resources, books and all those things.
0: It has me thinking I already have a, a show lined up for November 4th, uh, uh Jim and and Ruth um sharon do the soulful marriage work and mm-hmm. uh they're going to come in and talk about that and i got to make sure to hook these two up because people i think would benefit from a uh, a retreat to to look at at how to strengthen and make their marriage more soulful well yes. mike thompson is my guest as i said the org. The org is a website uh, where you can uh, take a look at as uh, you listen further. We're going to be heading to break soon, and and um, I just wonder, you know, some of your work is even more hands-on than the resource sharing. Um, what what were you doing with younger men and boys um, that got you the recognition uh, back a few years ago in Montbello? Um
2: yeah, well, about five years ago, we've been over in Montbello High School about five years. And about five years ago, we were asked by one of the counselors to bring the Choice Program over there. And the Choice Program is really a weekly program where we go in. At Montbello, we provide it at their lunch hour because mm-hmm. we know that after school, there's too many other sure. activities going on. So we come in, we bring them lunch, nice. and we have speakers that come in and talk about the choices that they made to get to where they are or why they didn't get to where they wanted to be. Because the bottom line is we want these young men to understand that they have choices in life and the choices they are making today are going to dictate how their life turns out. So we really want them to start thinking. And it is a motivational, inspirational and life skill program. Uh, We teach them how to balance their checkbook or Mm -hmm. how to handle their money. Mm -hmm. We have, uh, a month where we talk about giving back. We talk about uh, being thankful for what you do have, the importance of an education, how to treat a young lady, what's going to happen when you get a young lady pregnant. The Your thought, the little boy thought, and the girl's thought are totally two different things, and they are two, totally two different dynamics. Yes. And a lot of them don't understand what it is. They're just going out there saying, well, you know, I'm just going to go have some fun and I'm going to play with this girl. And that girl has other ideas Certainly. about your relationship. And you clue these guys in. These are these are you know, you're you're talking about as young as. Well, you know, depending on now, these were high school boys. Okay. So perfect. We are, we're geared perfect. to elementary and middle, and, uh, middle school mm-hmm. to make it appropriate yeah Uh, so like in elementary we'll just talk about how you want to treat a young lady you know how to be a man what is the idea uh, of a man because sometimes they're what they think a man is is very skewed and we try to show them really what a man is Um, and it's not you know you don't have to be hard you don't have to be mean you don't have to be nasty And sometimes what you may be learning at home is not the appropriate thing that you need to be carrying along with you. So we try to help them out on that part.
0: It sounds like a fascinated program, and it, it's clear why you uh, not only got involved, but, uh, but why you've been recognized for your involvement. Um, we'll talk some more about mentoring and men's issues, and we'll pivot also to how African-American men in particular have uh, really fared in the last 50 years since the March on Washington and the I Have a Dream speech. You're listening to the Grateful Dad Radio Hour on milehighradio.com. Mike Thompson is my guest. Black Man Rising is our topic. And please stick with us. We'll be back after just a few short announcements. Thanks for listening.
1: Sure make no year, blossoms blooming. that's all here. Yeah. So my baby down by the river, you should have to come up soon for air. Sweet blossom, come on under the willow. We can have high times if you look back. We can discover the wonders of nature rolling in the rushes down by the riverside. Uh.
0: We are back. This is the Grateful Dad Radio Hour on MileHighRadio.com. I'm Doug Gertner, the Grateful Dad. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, As I mentioned, uh, we've got a holiday coming up, but September 16th, my guest is Professor Abby Ferber, sharing her experience on... uh, studying, writing about uh, white supremacists and the men who uh, just today there was uh, news that the, the the 211 crew had put out a hit on a particular judge. So uh, hot news, hot topic, and um Coming up later in September on the 23rd, Bobblehead Dad, Jim Higley. Just Google Bobblehead Dad and you'll learn about Jim Higley. Uh, Quite a, quite a story and uh, you'll be uh, glad to tune in for that one on September 23rd. Today, I'm so glad to have Mike Thompson in the studio. He's uh, from the Father's Show Resource Program and we're talking about not only Black Man Rising and the uh, um, 50 years since the I Have a Dream speech, but we're really laying the foundation as we did before the break, Mike, talking about your work and, and your work mentoring directly and organizing resources and men. Um, why should men become a mentor? I mean, why did you step up? Um, you know, even b- b- before you became a dad and, and since you've become a dad, um, y- you're giving back not just, uh, you know, they say what charity begins at home or whatever. You're not only working underneath your roof, but, but you're underneath the roof at Montbello High School and other places. I've run into you all over town come <laughs> to think of it. Um,
2: What's what's in it
0: and and, and why are you uh, doing it? Why do you encourage other men?
2: You know, I got to understand why I'm doing it. I it's really kind of hard. And and for me as a mentor is really kind of different than some others. I was my first ex-wife was actually dying (sighs) in a sense. And she had a little boy after we got divorced Uh and his dad left as soon as she told him she was pregnant. And that's a longer story too, but we get the idea and you stepped up there. Yeah. So they, um, when I got custody of my daughter, they, the social service said, Mike, you know, here's a little boy. (laughs) And will you take him into your home? If the mother doesn't live, Mm. I said, well, first of all, I can't separate my daughter from her little brother. Yeah. And even though, you know, like I said, she was the nasty one in mm. divorce. Mm. I had my feelings, you know, differently. But when I looked at him and my daughter it was like, I can't separate the two of them. And so I said, yes, I'm and my church was asking me to mentor. And I said, fine. I, if I'm a mentor, or somebody, I need to get to know him. And I think he was about six or seven at that time. And I need to get to know him. He needs to get to know me. So he'll be a perfect person for me to mentor and just so happened him and my son are 23 days apart uh-huh and they're just like best friends now they they think of each other as brothers and that's it they that's, were raised as brothers so yeah. so so again it's 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 like the
0: the whole like you said it it's 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 a coming together of the you know sort of two worlds almost the Mm -hmm. the the divine saying this is just the right thing to do Mm -hmm. in in, you know the 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 eyes of your faith and at the same time you know in your heart and on the ground here that this is the right thing to do and it it really happened organically for you and and you know to this day you you know your mission and your goal is to help uh, folks do the things that they didn't ever believe or know they could do and and that's your dream, and in a sense, um, I, I want to harken back to something that, you know, certainly, you know, I mean, people aren't choosing to listen today if they feel like they've had enough of this, but to me, uh, you know, a, a dream unrealized is something that we still need to keep dreaming and keep working on. Mm-hmm. So this Wednesday, uh, the 28th, marks the 50th anniversary of the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom, right. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech. And I want Washington. to run some sp- statistics by you and And just get your thoughts as an African American man working on the ground in your community mm-hmm. as to what do you see today that that gives you both um pause and hope and 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 you know what do you see in terms of how the dream has been realized and what does this suggest to you for how how um there's more work to be done first we'll we'll just establish that uh black Americans make up fourteen percent of the u s population that's up. From 11% in 1960, and it's not lost on anyone that um, African Americans are no longer the largest minority group um, in the U.S. That mm-hmm. distinction, of co- of course, goes to Latino or mm-hmm. Hispanics, who make up, I think, over 16% of the population. Right. So... Um, While African-American high school dropout rates have fallen from 29% in 1967 to an encouraging 7% in 2011, these rates uh, still greatly trail whites. Blacks make up 37% of the prison population, 42% of death row inmates, and 32% of juvenile arrests. This has grown over the last 50 years. And now 8% of the black population has lost the right to vote versus uh, 2% of other racial groups. That's for uh, felony convictions. Mm -hmm. And it says here one in three black men can expect to go to prison in his lifetime. And I don't even want to believe that. And, and, And yet... You know, I'm, I'm taking these statistics at face value. As we said at lunch, Time Magazine does their homework. Mm-hmm. Some good news. 7% of businesses were owned by blacks in 2007. Some bad news. The unemployment rate for African American men is hovering at about 15%. That's roughly double that of white unemployment. Mm-hmm. The median income of black men is about 67% that of, of what white men earn. And I just, you know, I'm running through these things and, it, you know your facial expression is changing because i'm not i'm not exactly you know i try to deliver some good news in there you know but but what does this say about dr king's dream and what do you see uh, among the men that you work with in terms of these numbers
2: well you know it it really goes to show that dr king's dream as still has a long way to go mm-hmm. you know we might have a black president right now and, and i'd be honest i never thought that I will see the day that we would have a black president. However, we still have a long way to go because even though you have a black president, but he is not the really controlling piece in our government for say. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I look at what we have going on, when you have such a high rate of blacks unemployment. And we all know when you have an economy that hits the tank, people start doing some crazy things, you know, mm-hmm. robbing banks, uh, breaking into homes, the crime rate just goes up, period. And when you're looking at people that have a high rate of unemployment and they don't see that they're going to, that's going to improve for them, then you start seeing other things. Mm-hmm. And, and those are not the good things that we want to see. And I think, but the good part is you are having, you know, we got the choice program here, but there are a lot of programs around the country that other black men are doing yes. that is encouraging young black males. Yes. And And this is something that is very important because. And I can kind of speak on the choice program. The the reason why I do what I do is so these young men can understand that they do have choices. They do have um, options. And it's not always let me get into the NBA or let me get into the NFL. Uh There are other careers that they can find. But if they're not introduced to them, if they don't get to know anything about that, then they will – they just think it's NBA, you know, NFL. What a, what a you know a, a wonderful point for you to make. I, I, I did
0: some research back in the days when I was hanging around colleges and and doing this sort of thing, and I went to talk to um, various young men, and I remember the men, you know, so they they, they were uh, boys younger than our boys mm-hmm. who um, these the, the ones I'm thinking of are the ones who didn't have a lot of hope. They were actually um, in a facility for kids who just couldn't live at home because of, you know, the different trials and tribulations. And I, I asked them the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it was that kind of thing. I want to be a pro athlete. I want to be a pro, uh, uh, skateboard Mm -hmm. professional. Mm -hmm. And what that told me was when you don't have other influences and, and you don't see a hope out for what you have, you dream big, And, 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 and not, not to quash anybody's dreams, but, but dreams need to be within, you know, reality. Dr. King's dream was a reality and we've seen as you say, we've seen a lot of progress toward then, you mm-hmm. know, um, whole other show on, on Barack Obama and the fact that, yes, you know, he is African-American. And yet mm-hmm. he he is not really the typical profile of the kids that, you know, and work with. Right. And that so many, I mean, where he was raised, who his father was, who his mother and grandparents were. He, he's more of an outlier and he's more he's someone who had, you know, like I did, the privilege of, you know, a certain kind of education. Mm-hmm. But w- when I hear you describe this. Um, it, it, What comes to mind is, you know, somewhere between 50 years ago and almost halfway between now and then, there was another march on Washington. Do you remember the Million Man March? Oh, yes. And, and that was that was one of the first time that African-American men were stepping up in this country on mass and mm-hmm. saying, you know what? We need to give back to our communities. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be those guys like you described that, that your former wife married who takes off. We're going to be the guys who stay in there and we're going to, we're going to do our best and show our best side and give back to our communities. Yeah. And it's happening everywhere. So that was about, yes. if, if, if I calculate correctly, I think that was about 23 years ago. So almost yeah. halfway back, uh, again to, to the March on Washington 50 years ago and, you've seen it and you've been there uh, firsthand and mm-hmm. and you know so i'm 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 turning now to kind of race relations um the question was asked are relations between whites and blacks very good somewhat good somewhat bad or very bad and 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 as i ask mm-hmm. that you're asking yourself that that question and and maybe uh, other listeners are as well um, I, I
2: think I I definitely think it's better. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's a lot better. I mean, you know, when Martin Luther King marched on on Washington, I was five years old. Mm-hmm. So the listeners, y'all, want to start adding it up yet? Mm-hmm. Um, but I was five years old at that time, and to even sometime to even think about it, to know that there were separate whites and separate black fountains yeah. and bathrooms at yes. that time when yes. I was five. And to know to live in by then, I think I was still I think I was in Houston at that time, which which is where our family is born. Yeah, I was in the South. Yeah. And it's it's really I think uh, one thing that I'm seeing, especially in the schools. Mm -hmm. Race is not the issue. Mm -hmm. You know, they will. You see black kids dating Hispanic. You see Hispanic dating whites. You see, you know, it's all mixed. They they don't. Really go, go with that stuff anymore. That I see in the kids' generation now, that's moving away more and more. The
0: youth that you are seeing. Firsthand and working with and knowing your life today, um, I'm going to sound all academic about this. I'm sorry, I just spent too much time on college campus. It's it's becoming post-racial in a sense. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know we're not looking the way that we once did. At least in this community that you work in, and I would say I'd venture to say um, more so in many places in this country. Yeah. yeah, the 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 statistics that Time Magazine shared were. Um, you know, the, the, the question was, are race relations, are relations between whites and blacks very good, somewhat good, somewhat bad, or very bad? And they, they crunched the numbers this way. Um, 66% of, of blacks in the survey said they were very or somewhat good, so two-thirds. And um almost three quarters, seventy two percent of whites said they were very or somewhat good. So I wanna see the good in that, which is most folks are saying that relations are very or somewhat good, and yet notice it's those with privilege. It's 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 the white folks for whom race has not been the issue that's defined or held back their lives who yeah. hey things seem to be just fine with yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and we could go on for there. I mean, you want to talk about disparity in, in some of these. Are new civil rights laws needed to reduce discrimination? 53% of blacks said yes. 17% of whites said yes. You know, again, if I'm not the one who is experiencing discrimination, um, as I'm not as a white man, I don't see the need my privilege says oh no new laws because you know that's not my life and i'm not really paying attention to any discrimination that you might and yet something was happening just in the supreme court recently where the voting rights laws Mm -hmm. were were in a sense Mm -hmm. repealed um i'm not sure that that folks who look a lot like me uh have the right the right take on this
2: well but you think about it realistically if you're white You're not going to see what a minority person sees. You're not going to experience what a minority person experience, whether you're black, Hispanic, you you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But you're just not going to see that. You're not going to experience it. You might come across it from time to time. Yeah. You might hear about it from time to time, but you're not going to experience it. On a daily basis, I, my wife is Hispanic yes. from Mexico City. Yes. When people see us together, uh-huh. it's it's really kind of cracks me up because they just like <laughs> really what what, what you know and they You're just are a post racial couple. Yeah, and and it's really kind of funny to watch. It doesn't bother me because I can really care less yeah. because I like people and I don't say that a black person is better than a white person or anything else because every race has their good and their bad people in it. Yeah. Just like we were talking about family. Yes. You know, in our own family, (laughs) you have some good and some bad. The good and the bad, the ugly. So that's just the way that's the way society is. That's the way life is. But as a black person, have I experienced it? Yes. Absolutely. You know, as a. I might experience it more than you have. Absolutely. Especially in the job market. Yes. You know, they want to look at, but some of it is, and, you know, I know I'm going to probably get hanged for this one, but some of it is our own fault. You know, when you, one of the things that I try to teach these young black men is the fact that you really can't blame your cond- conditions where you're from as to why you're not getting a job. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to have a liquor store and, You know, I had a good friend of mine that I wrote music with. Mm -hmm. I wrote the music. He wrote the lyrics. Mm -hmm. And he came to me one day and he said, you know, Mike, I I, I just hate this because the white man won't let me, um, won't give me a job and won't do this and that and the other. I said, okay, well, i tell you what. Come work here. (laughs) It's black owned, black ran. Yeah. You know, we still have white people working there too, but here you go. Could he show up on time? No. Mm -hmm. Did he show up when he's supposed to? Mm -hmm. No. So it's really not... You can't always look at your race and say, because I'm black, I'm not getting this. No, you have to look at your your habits and the things that you do. Sometimes we're our own worst enemy. And I always try to make sure these black men and these young black men understand that when you're going into a job, you have to dress accordingly. And it's always been a rule that we have to do a little bit more than our white counterparts you
0: know that don't you and,
2: and you you really do I mean when you're going in there you have to look nice you can't go in there with the jeans sagging about uh, below your belt or you blow your butt you can't go in there just looking in you know in you know, kinda of way you have to look your best and you have to present yourself in a way that's gonna make more likely that white person say oh, okay I'm gonna give this kid a try Mike, I love what I'm hearing from you. Not not because
0: you know the 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 discrimination doesn't exist. Not because um, the, the the skewed point of view from you know much of the leadership through much of the history of this country is something that I'm proud of or that I endorse by any stretch of the imagination. But when I think back, you know, to, you know, I mean, you and I are the same age and, and we, we weren't there, although I don't know if you've been to Washington DC, but when I took my family there in, in the summer of 2008, man, it was, it was so hot and muggy. And I remember Maggie sat down. She said, "I, I can't go any further, but Jordy and I climbed the steps of Lincoln Memorial and they have marked the spot. Right there, um, on, on the steps, and you can stand in the, st- the place where Dr. Martin Luther King mm. Jr. stood and delivered mm. that I have a dream speech, and you can look out, and, you know, it's not nearly as packed with people as it was that day, but you just get the idea. Um, you know, we can stand in that place, we can stand in issues, and we can essentially say the, the, the dream is something that it, it's really part of the American dream, and I love the work that you do, you know, with men and boys in the community, um, and 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 just knowing that you got to be on the ground delivering your message as you know somebody who's who's a success in so many aspects of your life with a with a wonderful family. Um, uh, again, our mystery guest happens to be, uh, your teenage son, but, uh, we promised we wouldn't put him on the spot, didn't we, say, <laughs> Um, and to hear the stories, see the pictures on Facebook of, of, um, your happy marriage and, and, you know, what's happening now. I want to remind people, uh, my guest, Mike Thompson, you can find him at thefathershowrp.org. So that's for the Father's Show Resource Program. And with those long names, you got to cut the URL back at some point, or people are <laughs> <laughs> just typing too many. Thefathershowrp.org. Um, also look for Marching to Greatness. Uh, that, that's Mike Thompson on Facebook. Marching to Greatness. Um, where you can learn about bringing him in as, as a speaker and an inspirational motivator for your group and organization. I feel like we just scratched the surface. Uh, part of your work also helps encourage African American men to do well by their, their health concerns. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of issues, yes. um, I- you know, in the black community that I would just say that we, we can't deal with. I mean, uh, black men have higher rates of heart disease and diabetes than whites. They're much more likely to die from homicide, although less likely to die of suicide, interestingly right. enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, there's a whole other part of your um, work that involves encouraging men to take responsibility for their health.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, suicide wise, that's not part of our culture. Mm-hmm. And and that's what it that really kind of boils down to. We're not one that are going to kill ourselves. We'll unfortunately kill somebody else first you know, before we kill ourselves. And that's a sad thing. Yeah. However, it just is a cultural thing. And even a diabetes is what we eat. Yeah. You know, when you go now, I grew up in the South, yes. and I go home as often as I can, and what we cook, how we cook it, is is really what you, how we end up, you know, with the diabetes, and, and this part, as they say, is hereditary. Yeah. So being hereditary, you, you do have to watch what you're we eating and how to. you cook. I noticed
0: we both had a salad with lunch today. <laughs> we did.
2: We did. <laughs> We're good. You don't
0: have to watch it as much. I'm, I'm so sorry that we have to wrap up, and I think this conversation yeah. needs to continue. I want to make sure um, you get your parting gifts before you go. Um, this is the official Grateful Dad T-shirt in the yeah. size you ordered, and I'd like to oh, pass that you along so much. to you. Thank I you. mentioned our sponsor, the Men's Anthology, Ordinary Man, Extraordinary Lives, Defining Moments. Jim Sharon, the editor, as we said, will be on on November 4th, but before then, um, a copy of that book uh, for you. And um, the Grateful Dad's Journal of Gratitude for yourself or somebody else who may want a daily place to celebrate life by keeping a gratitude journal oh, thank you again um, thank you thank so you. much for being no, thank here you. Um, it's 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 exciting that the timing worked out this way as i said we were we were looking at different dates and i'm so grateful that you could come in and that it corresponded with um, on Wednesday, the 50th anniversary of the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom, mm-hmm. as we mentioned, these are still issues today. As much progress as has been made in, in the African-American community, especially for men and certainly for race relations, so much farther to take this. Absolutely. That I, thanks, I thank you for the conversation, sir. And, um It's going to be an interesting one in just a a few weeks. White Man Falling, a look at white supremacy with Professor Abby Ferbers coming up on September 16th, and uh, bobblehead dad Jim Higley joins me on the Grateful Dad Radio Hour on September 23rd. Until then... I remain grateful to Mile High Radio for having me, for all of you, for listening. And I just want to remind you that until we talk again, please remember to be grateful. I'm Doug Gertner, the Grateful Dad, and I'll meet you back here next time on the Grateful Dad Radio Hour.